Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Again, we will talk to you about anything you want. That is the point of the program. We'll start things out by going right to your phone calls where Cameron is on the line in Pennsylvania. Cameron, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello there. Hey, guys. How are you tonight? Cameron, doing great. What's on your mind? Uh, well, you know, there's something I've been thinking about for a while. I uh, The other day I, I was uh, in downtown Philadelphia, and I went to, to City Hall, uh, and they had this rally there because Philadelphia is getting a professional uh, soccer team. And they made a big deal out of it, and they had the, the mayor of Philadelphia on the stage and the commissioner of the soccer league, and they, they had all these, uh, you know, the big wigs there, like all the city council people, and they, you know, they announced the team, and this is the name of the team, and this is what they'll do, mm-hmm. and uh, and everything. But what they only mentioned very quickly is that they actually are playing in Chester, which is a suburb of, of, of Philadelphia, and they're playing in this government-funded billion-dollar stadium on, on the waterfront and all this, and, you know, and they had these city councilors and these mayors and the mayor from from Chester, Pennsylvania, but they, of course they weren't on the stage and they didn't get to speak or anything because it's the Philadelphia team. And I, I began thinking about, um, you know, how there's like larger municipalities and smaller municipalities. And do you think that like larger municipalities, like a city such as Philadelphia, how much influence do they have on people that don't live in, in Philadelphia? I mean, Philadelphia is surrounded by a lot of suburbs. It's across the river from Canton, New Jersey, which probably has no influence with any politicians because it's falling apart. And I began to think about, uh, do you think like larger, like something like a major city might infringe on the rights of people that live in, in other states nearby or uh, other towns because, you know, they, they have influence and they have more money and they can, you know, they can force people to do what they want. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys at all, but it was just something I was thinking about. I think the, I think they set the pace for the metro in general. The uh, the the city itself uh, sets the pace for the metro. The metro being the surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know, I I can't think of anything specifically where um, you know a city in some way deprives uh, rights from you know neighboring suburbs. Um, but I I wouldn't doubt it. Um, I think in this particular instance, uh, it's kind of it's it's kind of sad that the the people that you know the mayor of the town that uh, this is going on in doesn't even get to speak at the uh, uh, what is it the Philadelphia what what are they calling this soccer team? Uh, the, the, well, they, they want to they're trying to glorify the uh, Philadelphia as the founding spot of the country, so it's the Philadelphia Union, and it's got the it's got like the thirteen stars to be the thirteen colonies and stuff like that. Well, no. it's, it's quaint, uh, you know, how they're <laughs> referencing <laughs> liberty and all that stuff. And uh, certainly, at one point, someone cared in, Phil- in, in the <laughs> state of Pennsylvania about liberty, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, not so much anymore. The, you know, I, I, I guess, what, what's the, the, the stadium here? Is it a big pack, taxpayer thing? I mean, how much is this uh, soccer team itself going to cost the taxpayers of either Philadelphia or Camden? Is it Camden, you said? I know. Well, Camden, I was just using Camden as another example. Chester is the city. Chester or the state of Pennsylvania, which um, obviously this is going to cost somebody something. Otherwise, this soccer team would have just shown up and said, hey, we want to play soccer and we're sure we can make it profitable. Mm-hmm. Right, right. 
Yeah, most places it's a taxpayer-funded stadium, and of course, then they love to lace their uh, their words with uh, the terms like, you know, this is our team and it's your team, and uh, this will bring money into right, the, the community, city. yeah, and and things like that. When in fact, the the soccer, you know, or in any professional sport, really doesn't do that much to bring money into the community. It may do something for the businesses that surround there. For perhaps they can sell their parking spaces for fifteen dollars a piece. Or uh, they can uh, sell overpriced hamburgers and pizza to the uh, the potential uh, <laughs> viewers, but I don't. You know, I I lived in Tampa Bay and never really felt any uh, any. I, I, I certainly have an affinity, but uh, you know, never felt any of the the financial benefit of having the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple of you know cities over from me. Not that it, I went to a couple of games, but I don't see that. Tampa in general benefited from the the Buccaneers, but I think that the people that right there around the stadium certainly did. Well, and I can also tell you that the uh, the owners of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the the Devil Rays, and I don't know which ones got what money from where, but I'm just presuming. I'm 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 running on the side of presuming that the city was involved in helping them get their stadiums, and I know that at least one of them absolutely did get uh, a fairly big handout. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're the ones that are probably the happiest because they get uh, the taxpayers subsidizing their business venture. Wouldn't it be great to have the your, you know the, the building your business is in just be paid for yeah. by somebody yeah, else? Especially when it costs you know a couple billion dollars or whatever. You know? Yeah. Um, kind of on an, on another note to that related thing, I wasn't going to go into this, but they uh, last week they some members of the House of Representatives. Uh, Sponsored this bill that would prohibit it would prohibit uh, college football from uh, what was it um, they they couldn't call their game the national championship unless they instituted a playoff system and they they called like some of the you know some of the commissioners of the different college football the um, of the different conferences up to speak on Capitol Hill and they make <laughs> this big deal on it. It's like is government really getting involved in sports now? Yeah, like, that, when did really this happen? Was this recently? Yeah, this was about a week ago. Wow. That reminds me of when they were, a few years ago, looking into the steroid issue, and it was sort of the same Mm -hmm. deal, where they're calling people up into Congress and questioning sports figures and uh, team owners and things like that about their steroid practices, and now you're saying they're getting involved in naming rights. Now, what are they doing with it? It's not exactly naming. What what are they doing with it? What are they going to deny the colleges the ability to do if they don't have a championship? the way the college football champion is determined is that the coaches vote, yeah, it's and then based on where the they vote on the teams and they rank like the top twenty-five, and based for everyone's place, that's who determines what teams play in the national championship or the Rose Bowl or the. It, it makes no Fiesta sense Bowl. to me, but I, I'm sitting as an outsider. I don't watch much college. I mean, football, and so. well, a lot of people argue that there should be a playoff instead, where they seed the teams and they play off until they have a champion. Which I mean, I agree with that, but I don't think it's the government's place to. Step in, and these people want to make this bill where you can't call it a national championship unless it's decided, it's decided by a playoff system. See, they are talking about what they can or can't call it. So it's you are not yeah. allowed to call this your national championship unless you do as we say. I see. If you're going to use that term have, national, like, you'll obey us. They have the representative from like Texas or whatever, and he's got a Texas football helmet on his desk while he's questioning this guy. Disgusting. I can't what a what a spectacle! Thank you for the call tonight, uh, Cameron. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's just more proof that you don't actually own anything. Everything that you have is yours only to the extent that the state is allowing you to have it.
And if they decide they want to take it away from you someday for whatever arbitrary reason they decide they want to, like, well, if you won't do what we say about your sports teams, then they'll just take it from you. And then well, I don't know that the uh, the NCAA really. I think that's who runs the uh, the college football. I think so. I, I, you know, I don't know that they really benefit that much. And as far as a monopoly goes, you know, they they have I, colleges. I think join that of their own accord and decide to play in their. You know, they have different sized school leagues and things mm-hmm. like that. So there's the the tiny school, the small school, the medium sized school, the big school, and the gigantic school. Right. What are you uh, getting at, though? Well, I, I don't know that the I don't know that the uh, politicians really can do anything about it. You don't think that the politicians can step in there and say, you will do this, you will do as we say? Well, what? They, they don't have any legitimacy. How's that? They've got men with guns who are going to come in there and shut their organization down if they don't obey what their demands are. No, of course they don't have legitimacy in that they have no real say in how the National uh, College Football Association is run, whatever it is they call themselves. Sure, they're just a bunch of Congress critters or uh, babblers, as our caller last night suggested. But they've got men with guns who will follow their every diktat. And so if they say, you are not allowed to do this anymore, and the National College Association has, Football Association has the gumption, which they won't, if they have the gumption to say, oh, yeah, well, we're a private agency and we're going to do whatever we want. Screw you. What do you think the government would do about that? I don't, think would, I don't know what they would do. They'd but I think audit that, everybody that has the, uh, that's, on, that's on the board of directors. They would they jump in there. That, yeah. They'd audit the organization. They'd come in and they would do whatever they could to just ruin their lives. That's what government does best destroys people's lives 800-259-9231 coming up we got an audio track from some video footage where a a taser was used to ruin one priest's life this is free talk live your show you bring up anything toll-free number 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll-free line that's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Bulletin board system awaits you with over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, from serious uh, stuff to fun times. You'll find it all over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you ever imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we go to your phone calls about whatever you want, across the pond to Ziggy in the U.K. Ziggy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. I have another fact about the Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers or their owners. Okay. Uh, um, in fact, they own Manchester United, the biggest soccer team here. There's what? <laughs> they own Manchester United, really? the biggest soccer team here. Huh. I'm not and that. they bought it with a lot of debt, I'd add. Do they anyway, get uh, um, free stadiums over in the UK as well? No, the football clubs own them. Oh. Well, that's well, um, anyway, nice. um, <clears throat> Liberal Vision have a new website, Thing Do. What is Liberal oh, Vision? Liberal Vision is a classical liberal um, uh, advocacy agent, uh, uh, pressure group, and it's a bit of a sore point with me because I was actually involved in the early development, but they didn't. The the guy who founded it didn't have the balls enough to publicly call for the the end of the war uh, war on drugs. 
Hmm. And they have now do- adopted the dumbest strategy ever. And what is that? Well, basically, they're attached to a political party here, and they think that they can change that political party to uh, more freedom-orientated uh, uh, policies. And that's somehow they're going to get more MPs elected, and that's uh, going to change the agenda in the country. So it's kind of like the Republican Liberty Caucus, where they're trying, <laughs> where they're trying to take over uh, or influence the agenda of a major political party from the inside? I have to say, it's the dumbest strategy I've ever heard. Why and do you guy, say that? The, the guy who founded this, this organization, um, he's in PR, and as, as he, he reckons he's the best thing since Edward Bernice. And I have to say, if you know, even I, I who who is you know an amateur, you know, politician, would know that that is the dumbest. Uh, you know, you, you, you know, trying to change a political party then to change the country, you, you're not even going to change a political party. You know, the the establishments within these parties do not want change. Absolutely. All you have to do is look at the example of what happened with the Ron Paulites yeah. during the 2008 election here in the United States. They were shut down. They were shut out. They were harassed and intimidated. And the rules were changed at a, at a whim. Uh, everything that could yeah. be done was done to keep these guys from affecting anything within the Republican Party. And they obviously they were scared. The uh, the establishment, the old guard, if you will, was uh, was frightened. But they did a pretty effective job of turning off their microphones, not allowing them to speak, uh, just completely ostracizing them, and basically letting them know, hey, we don't appreciate you coming in here and trying to bring all your freedom ideas around these parts. Yeah. Thanks, Iggy, for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. It seems like an exercise in futility, and I think it's it's probably even more futile than the idea of trying to take over the Libertarian Party again with principle. Well, I, I think that, uh, I don't know about futility. I think that, the, as far as I'm concerned, the Republican Liberty Caucus makes a heck of a lot more sense than the Libertarian Party. They seem to make more sense here in New Hampshire, where they've been <laughs> taken over uh, from the inside out, effectively, by pro-liberty people. I just don't know about the national level. Oh, I don't know that it's going to matter in the long run, but more futile than the Libertarian Party? Come on! Well, I mean, yeah, there's just more people in the Republican Party. So I mean, the, the Republican Liberty Caucus at least has some people in Congress, whereas the Libertarian Party, zero. Well, what they've done is they've raided some of the people in Congress by their little no, rating they, system. No, they have members. Uh, the oh, the founding member of the Republican Liberty Caucus, one of them is Ron Paul. Right, Ron and, Paul. Yeah, and who else? Jeff Flake. Is um, he an actual member? He's an actual member and speaks at their events Didn't and things like that. did he vote like for that. the war? I, I don't know the specifics of what It wouldn't what take he's long to get in. to the specifics to find out exactly oh, I, how non-liberty oriented these look, people are. Oh, wait a second. I mean, you know, how about how about the Libertarian Party? We can certainly pick apart There's, their voting. Yeah, but they're not even worth looking at, so uh, it doesn't well, matter. You, you made a statement that was something like uh, the Republican Liberty Caucus is more futile than... Taking it over, it would seem to... No, no, taking over the Republican Party is what I was saying. Is more. It seems even more difficult than taking over the Libertarian Party, and I think that's a waste of time. That's all I'm saying. I, you know, it's a more established organization. I think organization. That the United States of America is a, you know, like it, it's, you know, an ex- failed experiment. Yeah, it's done for. And I'm ready to uh, for New Hampshire to pull, secede. Pull the That's life support. Get, get rid of it. And That's I'm where with we you, can agree. I think that if, you know, I think the RLC has, you know, if, if you're going to be, if you're going to 
stay in some other state and not move to New Hampshire, well, you might as well be involved in national you politics. Well, yeah, you know, Re- Republican Liberty Caucus is as good as place as any. Certainly, they're they're more principled than the Libertarian Party. Let's continue with your calls also across the pond to Ben in the UK. Ben, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Ben, you are on the air. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Um, is there any way for you to boost the volume? Because I can hardly hear you. I will. Uh, I mean, the board off will do his best, whatever that means. Uh, but if we can hear you, so go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, firstly, about the um, whole liberty, oh, liberal vision or whatever they're called. Um, Although the idea of changing a political party from the inside isn't a terribly bad idea, um, this liberal vision seems to be especially stupid because the party they're trying to change, the third party in the UK, is the Liberal Democrats. And they're, well, basically liberal. They're generally in favour of more but supposedly fairer taxes. So Mm. it seems like a completely lost cause. Yeah, it, I tend to believe that uh, virtually all political methods are a waste of time and effort. I think that they get more effective as you get more local, uh, but I think that anything on a national level in general, I'm sure this applies over there in, uh, in Great Britain to some extent, is just it, it's just a big waste. But I'm jaded and cynical. Any other thoughts, Ben? Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I wonder how jaded and cynical I might be if I actually lived in the UK. I mean, as you said the other night, Mark, they have gone down the road to tyranny just a tad bit faster uh, than the old United States. Yeah, the States. wheels are off on, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've been the around brakes longer. are off on the wheels. Yeah, yeah so it's, yeah, it's just awful. The, the, the more news I hear, the... The, the the worse I feel for those poor people over there. And then when Ziggy calls in to say that he's frustrated because he can't even find anybody that loves freedom enough to do anything about freedom over there, it's mm. like you're in a country where there's no hope at all. He said that uh, his friend Gavin has uh, signed up for the Free State Project and is trying to move over. over here. Yeah. Yeah. Get I mean, here. That's, that's, that's what, what it's got to be like, you know. Or I, well, obviously, Ziggy has, uh, has his own issues, and it's going to be difficult for him to leave. But, you know. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, your calls about whatever is on your mind. Plus, coming uh, also on the way here, I think, Mark, you're going to tell us about a paintball ban. And this is an international story. Yes. Since we are being international tonight with our calls. 800-259-9231. But just because it's happening in Germany, for instance, doesn't mean it couldn't happen here or wherever you are. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Hey, the other day I bought my first firearm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. At 357? Match. I even got a $5 disguise discount. Nice. All I had to do was sign up for the military. Sign what? Huh? This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. 
So you can enjoy those, uh, again, at freetalklive.com. Now, there are lots of reasons that you might want to hide your valuables around your home. StashYourSwag.com gives you more than 100 common places around your home, most of them with little or no modification. In fact, uh, they cost most of them cost under $50. Most like most of them even under seven dollars. Uh, the guide contains detailed pictures to help you, and you can get it at stashyourswag.com. That's stashyourswag s w a g dot com. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is our number. We go to the lady listeners or callers rather first. Live free or die is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi Ian. Hey. Uh, I haven't been listening to your show live this afternoon. However, I called up and I thought your, your listeners might be interested in knowing a little bit about the man who is running against, who has announced that he's running against Ron Paul in the 14th District of Texas. So it's the man who's announced that he wants to lose the race, basically. <laughs> exactly. His name is Jeff Cherry, Jeffrey Allen, A-L-L-E-N, Cherry. Now, is this a Democrat or a Republican? Oh, he claims he's a Republican. Uh-huh. And... The really, you know what, that's fine, whatever. But the really sad thing about it is that he teaches social studies at League City, at a high school in League City, Texas. Mm -hmm. And his students and his children, daughter and son, I won't give their names, have been spattering online forums with disparaging remarks about Ron Paul. Okay. They have jumped on the whole racist newsletter thing. Oh, that's, that's old news. Yes, exactly, and it's been disproven, and they're also telling people that they are a Christian family, this and that. They're conservative. Jeff Cherry brings himself off as a conservative. He's on the Pickens Plan website. He's a member, T. Boone Pickens Plan. You know, with I don't know Boone. what that is. It has something well, to do with oil, right? Any, what? Something to do with oil and... Um... Oh, yeah, wind power. and all, Yeah, it's like an Obama plan. Right. If it's, if the it's uh, wind an Obama power light plan. if if wind power was going to work then uh, wind power would have worked already um it's it's you know it just doesn't in some places of the country it might be viable in most places it's not right well it's you know there's there's no uh, you want to do it put up your own money don't yeah. don't ask the government for it however you know he's he's on the world world um some kind of world committee in Houston. His daughter claims, she's 24, his daughter claims she wants to be an ambassador. He's all for, you know, world government. Yet here he is claiming to be a Republican. Well, the Republicans are for world government. Well, he's saying that Ron Paul is not the guy. But the thing is that I have found information at um, U.S. Court's website. I paid for it. And this guy... Filed for Chapter Seven bankruptcy in 2003. Okay. Chapter Seven, as you know, means you basically wipe it clean. You wipe the slate clean. You don't have to pay back anybody. Well, I mean, is there anybody who's surprised money? by this? I mean, he's no, a, it's no. a politician. Do you want to know he's... how much money this guy owes? Owed? How much? One hundred and seventy-four thousand four hundred and eighty-five dollars. Sweet. Now, was that uh, did that include all? Was that all of his debt or the debt that was wiped clean? That was a debt that was wiped clean. Jeez, I mean, that's a how. How does one get that much debt? <laughs> well, well, by Screwing living at, living large, and this isn't that isn't the worst part. Three what years is? later, he took his family on a European vacation. Oh, nice. oh, they went to Amsterdam. They went to Venice. There are pictures all over the internet. His kid, 
drinking it up with friends and, and drinking Heineken's underage as an 18-year-old. Well, um, that's okay. Kids yeah, do that but stuff. But they're Christian. They're Christian. They have value. Well, what's God have to say about drinking a Heineken? I don't know. Well, it doesn't, Christian you know, it, we're not the ones to talk to about this because we yeah. wouldn't vote for that guy anyway. Um, you know, like we're, we, we like Ron Paul's values, but I understand where you're coming from on this. Yeah. I mean, likely you're talking about uh, good Christian folks in Texas that uh, might be oh, somewhat uh, surprised by the idea that uh, this man claiming to be the, the good Christian's kids are uh, drinking right. underage in some foreign right. country. Mark, don't get me wrong. I have nothing against what his kids are doing. Sure. Uh, the guy is claiming this and that, and uh, again, this is not the kind of stuff that the mainstream media is going to let the voters know. Well, you know, I wouldn't be too concerned. Ron Paul's been, uh, he's been doing fine. What's he been elected, 10 times in a row, 11 times yeah. in a row, or something like that? Yeah, and you know what, the last the last challenger, Chris Peden, hey, you know what, he, brought, he got himself into debt. Let this guy go into debt again. Well, that's, you know, of course he can always just bail out again, but hey, thank that's you for right. the call. You know, going to debt. Oh, uh, yeah, thank you so much for the call. Actually, uh, the the <laughs> the bankruptcy laws have changed since 2003. 2003, uh, or I, I don't know which year it was, but like four or five, uh-huh. something like that, they changed the laws. And uh, some would claim that, uh, in fact, they knew that the financial crash was coming and they wanted uh, the American people to, be, have to have to bear the burden of paying off their debts oh, really? rather than So what, you're to... telling me you can't get bankruptcy now? You can, but they're going to take... All your stuff in the process. Like they're mm-hmm. liable to liquidate your home. I see the whole deal. Okay. Well, well, that sounds like a good thing to me. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I disagree because the system is set up that people that people have to fall off the edge, and that's not fair. Um, they if, have to fall off yes, the edge because the the money is our money is created as debt. And then there's interest on top of the debt. If you pay back the principal of our money, then there's always going to be debt on top. The, mm. uh, you know, so the, the the system is sem- essentially made so that people you know trickle off the edges, as it were, and and, and it's not fair to make those when you, when you're creating the money out of thin air and, and harvesting people's labor in the manner that the government does. Yeah. You to can't the say that, those peop- that, that people in general are responsible for paying that off in the same fashion that they would be if they borrowed real money backed by real stuff. Okay. I think that there's a moral position that you're taking that is, is admirable. However, on top of that, you have to look at the reality of the situation, which is the system is designed that the people on the edges fail. Well, how about we just make it so politicians have to not, not do bankruptcy? As far as I'm concerned... Uh, that would be just fine. Okay. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We go to Brian in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, We're going to take our police chief to court. Oh, boy. Why? Well, uh, as uh, you guys might know uh, and your listeners, uh, in New Hampshire, has pretty good uh, gun laws, or I shouldn't say there's no good gun law. But uh, fewer gun laws than most places. Yes. Uh, the people regularly carry, open carry their guns around here, especially the uh, free staters. Uh, I carry my Glock wherever I go, and um, just as a matter of course. And uh, a lot of other people do, too. Well, uh, and, and you don't need a license. You don't need permission. Uh, and we're not really sure what the age limit is. I think you might even be able to be 12 years old and carry a, a gun. Awesome. Uh, you'll probably be stopped, but, but we can't find where the age limit is. Okay. But the problem with open carrying, especially during the winter, is if you have a jacket, uh, it might accidentally come concealed for a second. Mm-hmm. Now, I, there's no real definition of what concealed is, hmm. but you cannot carry concealed in New Hampshire, according to their rules, without a concealed carry license. 
which is uh, supposedly shall issue, which means that you are supposed to be able to go down to the police bureaucrats and basically say, give me my permit. And they're supposed to do it for you unless you're a felon, apparently, and then you won't get anything. But uh, what, what's going on? What's the problem? Well, there are some people who, who who take exception with the word permit. It's a license. We don't need permission, but really is permission. So it really means the same thing. I absolutely yeah. agree. Yes. If you've got a right, you uh, shouldn't have to ask for permission to exercise it, because if you have to ask for permission, you're talking about something that is a privilege and not a right. Right. Uh, and, and, and as far as I'm concerned, it is a right. But, uh, you know, I, I, this is not the hill I, I intend to die on. There, there are some people for whom it is, and I fully support them. Mm-hmm. So I got my concealed carry license. Uh, it's uh, it's $10. Now, I got a concealed carry license in Colorado, and it was a four-month process. It cost me $250, wow. uh, mugshot, fingerprints, all that stuff. In New Hampshire, it's $10. No fingerprints, no mugshot. You don't even have to give them uh, the address you live at. Excellent. Sounds so, good so uh, far, Brian. What's the problem here? Well, the problem is that uh, uh, their statutes don't list an age. And so uh, I I gave my son Miller, who is 16, a revolver for his 16th birthday. Oh, hang on. We will return more with Brian, and we'll find out where this is going. You mentioned it's a lawsuit against the police chief, so I guess that means his son Miller had a tough time getting the permit. We'll find out here in moments. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. And so if that's valuable to you, come on over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. It's on the phone with a station owner today that's looking to launch a brand-new FM talk station, where I can't say... Uh, but we are going to be involved, possibly. It's like a 90% thing at this point that we're going to be involved weeknights, which is pretty exciting. I like that. Yep, so that's all happening because of the Free Talk Live AMP program. AMP allows us to reach out to radio stations effectively, market the show right next to the big boys out there, the the shows with the hundreds of radio stations, the you know the Hannity's and the Neil Bortz's and all of those guys. And uh, Talkers Magazine is a, a very important part of of our advertising campaign. It is the industry, it's the industry magazine for the talk radio business. And the uh, the talk radio seminar, or then excuse me, the not, that's the new media seminar is coming up. That's Talkers yearly convention that they have in New York City, and we are there every single year because of the amplifiers. And I just found out today, uh, this is huge news, by the way. Just found out today that uh, what my speaking role is going to be this in this year's uh, t- in this year's new media seminar. Last year they had me speak for the first time as just a panelist on an internet uh, kind of a internet uh, future discussion. Let thing. me guess. This year you're going to be in one of those dunk tanks and you're going to have to have people <laughs> going to throw things at you, drop, drop you in the water. That'd be cool. But, yeah, it would, uh, it would be awesome. No. I would buy up their tickets. Uh, no, that's not going to happen. I am actually going to be introducing the internet. 
panel. I'm going to be introducing the moderator of the internet panel this year. So the panel I was on last year, I am now going to be giving the introduction speech for. So you're going to be standing out there on stage? Yeah. And people are just going to be able to throw softballs at you there? I don't know if the softballs will be available, but uh, there there will be a full audience of a few hundred people, and uh, it won't be a I, – I, I will not actually be in the panel discussion. I'll have about three minutes, uh, a little less than that maybe, to uh, to give a speech, which – that's pretty cool, man. It's a good thing. Everybody will be focused on Ian from Free Talk Live. So that's going to be pretty big news to help increase our visibility amongst the talk radio industry. Anyway, so obviously pretty exciting. We're going to move on with your calls as Brian is still with us in New Hampshire. Now, you're talking about how here in New Hampshire, Brian, the gun legislation, the gun laws on the books are just not as restrictive as other places around the country. In fact, there are only a couple of other places that have even less restrictive gun laws than New Hampshire does in those other places would be, I think, Vermont and Alaska. So we've got it pretty good here as far as gun freedom is concerned. However, as you pointed unless out... Unless you have a felony. Well, unless you have a felony, and unless you're under the age of 18, though, as you pointed out, you dug through the laws, and you couldn't find anything about a minimum age to open carry or to carry concealed firearms. So you gave your son... You know, I, uh, yes? Yeah, I, I, I made an assumption. I, I bought uh, I bought Miller. I told him I'd buy him a gun for his 16th birthday. So uh, he picked out this nice uh, Glock 45 caliber, uh, which is a semi-automatic. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd been carrying that around for a while. But I didn't think that uh, he would be able to get a, a, a concealed carry license because I just assumed, you know, shame on me for assuming, mm. uh, that, uh, you know, you got to be 18. Well, so I was talking to uh, a fellow free stater who is a gun attorney who is moving up here shortly. Actually, he's here in, in New Jersey. And uh, I, I said, you know, I, I got this uh, uh, Glock for, uh, for Miller, and, but I'm, I can't get a, you know, we can't, he can't get a concealed license carry. And he said, wrong and wrong. I said, what? <laughs> uh, there is an age limit. You can own a gun at 16 if somebody gives it to you. You can't buy it until you're 18 or 21. I guess hmm. it's 21. But you can own one <laughs> if a parent, grandparent, you know, guardian or the government, of course, buys it for you. Yeah. Uh, but you can't own an, a semi-automatic. You can only own a revolver, hmm. which I thought was really strange. Huh. But, uh, but there is no age limit for a concealed carry license. And so... Uh, uh, I got Miller revolver instead, and now I have this really nice Glock 45. Nice. <laughs> so um, uh, he's been carrying around this revolver. Now, concealed, if you have it in the car, it's concealed, even if it's sitting on the dashboard. It's, yeah. it's, it's considered concealed. So, you know, it's kind of a hassle, so let's get the license. So he fills out the form, takes it down to the police chief. Now, the police chief has 14 days to decide, and on the 14th day, the police chief sent back a letter <laughs> denying his application. Oh, really? Uh, Yes, it says the reason for this denial is that you are not an adult. Huh. So Miller calls. Now this is hold on a second. This is the same chief of police that had your other son Cooper arrested for videotaping on uh, his own property. Yeah, that's him. Okay, same guy. Got it. And and, and it's also the the same chief that uh, presided over the raid of our horses uh, back here a, a couple months ago. So yeah, we've got some history with this guy. Okay. So. uh we're looking through the statutes, and we can't find anything that says an age. So Miller calls the chief and says, um, you know, I just uh, thought you might want to reconsider this because uh, we, I can't find, you know, here in the statutes, in your, your laws, you know, your rules, yeah. where this is a valid denial. This is a shall-issue state, and it basically says that uh, a suitable person should be licensed. Hmm. And that is, if you're not a felon, if you don't have a, you know, uh, 
conviction for a you know domestic violence or there's a couple other things. But one yeah, of them is isn't, that, isn't age. Is Miller. Right. So what did he say back? He said, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't really. Basically, I don't really care what the law says. You know, <laughs> of it's course. just uh, I, I don't feel comfortable issuing it to a non-adult. Uh-huh. He didn't say I don't care what the law is, but he just said I don't feel comfortable <laughs> issuing it to somebody who's not an adult. He has no liability. I mean, it's not like his. Uh, actually, his... actually, actually, he does. This is the cool thing really? about New Hampshire gun laws. If uh, we go and the um, uh, the judge, okay, so so we we sent a motion." Sent a motion to the judge. Uh, Noah did yesterday, and we have a trial date of, or a hearing date of next Wednesday. Hmm. So I'll put out a portfolio and one if anybody wants to uh, come and watch the festivities. But if the judge sides with the chief, we take we sue the chief. We take it to the appellate court, and if we win, which we have to win, I mean because there's there's, there's nothing there, the chief is liable personally for this. He wow. has to write a check out of his personal account. It says right there in the statute. But how much? Oh. Five bucks? <laughs> reasonable attorney fees. Wow. Well, that's interesting. No, uh, now, when I said he, was, he wasn't liable, what I meant by that was if uh, Cooper went on a, or, or Miller, one of your sons, went on a shooting spree after being granted the license, uh, the chief would have no liability. So he can't really be worried about any kind of repercussions from, uh, you know, if he were to give a license to somebody who was not suitable then he would not be liable for anything. That's what I was saying. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, if he does that, yeah, the police aren't re- responsible for anything. They just get political heat. Right. You know, and, and that would certainly be political heat. But, you know, I'm pretty sure Mel is not going to go on a shooting spree. And if he does, I'm probably first, and so I don't really care. <laughs> All right, man. So the lawsuit has been filed. The, uh, the ball is in play, and you'll let us know what happens, right? Yes, next uh, Wednesday morning at the court here. Very okay. interesting. I can hardly imagine that the, the law was written, that the, the chief is personally responsible. That's going to be great. Very good, sir. It, it says right there on the right. I couldn't believe it when I read it. I read it again and again. I asked someone else to interpret this. What does this say? And it says, yep, he's got to write a check. So sovereign immunity doesn't, doesn't occur here. It says right there in their statutes. Mm. Well, I don't know if sovereign immunity doesn't occur, but in this case, it sounds like uh, there's a liability, and that's a good thing. So, Brian, let us know what happens, and thanks for the story. Appreciate we'll hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Continuing with your calls, Anthony is in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Anthony. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, what's um, on your mind? Yeah, I uh, had a bit of a police encounter the other night Uh-oh. that I just wanted to tell you about. Mm, please do. What's up? Um, I was... Uh, I was. I just. I'm tired of. I tend to be a bit of a night owl, so I decided to go out uh, two in the uh, two a.m. in the morning. There's a 24-hour McDonald's around here, so I figured, mm-hmm. well, I'm just going to go for a walk and get something to eat and whatever. Um, Sounds like a nice idea. And as I was walking down the street, uh, there was a cop car on the other side, and there was uh, two cops there detaining uh, what appeared to be a peaceful person. Mm. Um, I'm not sure exactly what they'd stopped him for or anything like that, but I decided that I was just going to stop and watch what was going on, kind of observe, you know, a little bit of cop watch. Yeah, a little cop watch. That's that's being, as far as I'm concerned, that's being a good neighbor. Unless that person doesn't want you to watch them, and that's something I'll always ask is when I, if I see the police uh, that have pulled somebody over, like in a parking lot or wherever, on the side of the road, I'll come over there 
And whether I even have a video camera on me or not, and if I have my cell phone, I've always got a video camera, but uh, I'll ask the person in the car, as long as the cops aren't hovering over them at that moment, hey, do you, do you want me here watching this, or do you want this to be recorded? And just ask them how they feel about it. And if they say yes, you better believe I'm going to stay right there and watch the whole scene until it's over. And if they say no, then I'll understand and I'll just move on. Uh, and I want you to continue your story here in a moment. 800-259-9231. We'll come back with more of Anthony and your call as well about whatever is on your mind. That is the point of the program. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're totally free. So enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about whatever's on your mind, we go to Anthony in Canada. You were just beginning to tell us in the last hour, Anthony, that you were out for a walk recently at about 2 a.m. when you saw somebody being, uh, what apparently was being harassed by the police or questioned. And so you decided to observe. What happened? Uh, well, yeah, so I was standing across the street, um, and it was raining out, so I had an umbrella in one hand, and I happened to be on the phone with my brother at the time, so I had my cell phone to my ear in the other hand, uh, and when they were done with this person, uh, they let him go, he started walking away, and then they waited for traffic and to pass, uh, they were obviously coming across the street to talk to me, and... Um, so they came up and asked me what I was doing. Um, apparently, they found it odd that I would be out at 2 in the morning. And, uh, you know, even though it's a public street and there's still business open. <laughs> and uh, they uh, wanted to know, you know, why I was standing across the street watching them. Um, apparently, they used the uh, common excuse that I hear a lot is they felt threatened. <laughs> um where somehow two men with guns, you know, felt threatened by somebody just observing whose hands right. were tied and clearly visible. <laughs> um, so I, uh, you know, I uh, mentioned, of course, that I was a peaceful person and, uh, you know, I certainly didn't interfere with their activities or anything, and no. they acknowledged that. Um, you know, I was just, I mentioned that I just wanted to make sure everything was all right. You know, I saw this person being stopped. Sure. And they asked me, of course, if I had any ID on me, uh, which I mentioned that, well, I'm not legally obligated to provide you with any. And I kind of let that go. Um, Nice. One thing I I will give uh, Canadian cops credit for is that they tend to be a little bit better uh, than U.S. cops from what I've seen. From what I've seen, too, and I don't live there. From what I've seen, I I agree with you. Canadian cops are a little more low-key. Yeah, well, and I also lived in the U.S., so I I do have, you know, something to compare it to. Mm -hmm. Um, But so, yeah, they wanted to know, though, why I was out at 2 a.m. and, you know, what I was doing. And uh, and then they uh, mentioned that they smelled alcohol. (laughs) And did they? um, Had you been drinking? Men- Sorry? Had you been drinking? 
Uh, yeah, I'd, ha- I'd had a few uh, drinks uh, earlier in the night. And you are so Canadian, I mentioned, actually. Of course, they didn't know who I was on the phone with, but right. I mentioned, you know, right away when they said that, that, oh, uh, now they're claiming to smell alcohol is a reason to keep me. And he said, oh, no, that's you know not what we're doing. But um, he said, you know, can I get closer to find out? And I found that really <laughs> odd that he asked me if he could, you know, get closer to me. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> which... Well, which also, by the way, you know, they have, um, you know, they they have the, uh, I guess, intimidation factor already where they, and and the uh, authority figure where they, you know, they had one cop standing on one side of me, one on the other. Absolutely. You know, I'm not in a position where I can really argue with them too much. They've got guns and who who knows what other uh, implements of destruction on their belt. Exactly. Um, but I, I kind of sidestepped that question, and I, uh, and maybe I screwed up here, but I, you know, this is my first encounter really with uh, not going along with everything the police say. But it's easy I, to uh, look back, well, uh, illegal, right? It's easy to look back and be really super critical of yourself, but you should be congratulated for doing what you did. Uh, number one, for looking out for your fellow man to ensure that. He was whoever that uh, victim was of uh, police harassment was was not. You being... don't know whether the police were harassing him or whether they were doing their job in a proper manner. You have no idea. I understand that it certainly can happen, and it's good that you watched him. But to to make the assumption shows one is taking a bigoted stance. I am biased, absolutely, because these people hurt uh, oh. peaceful people as part of their jobs. So I think that you did the right thing, and you should be congratulated for that. And uh, and you said no, and you refused to be uh, completely obedient to these people, and it's not an easy thing to do the first time out so awesome job what else do you want to share well well and to mark i got to say that you you know you also need to understand that it, it this guy clearly there's nobody else around i mean it was early in the morning he didn't appear to be harming anyone and uh, even if he had I, I think he's still guaranteed certain rights as far as you know certain things that the police should not abuse and so I just tried to be there to look out for I have no problem with you standing the there thing. watching. I have no problem with you standing there watching these um, the cops. And I, and I do have a problem, really, honestly, with them coming over and asking you questions about standing there and watching. But likely it's because they're just not used to it. And, uh, you know, so they're, they're curious. Also, police sort of have a role in society to, uh, you know, kind of give a little nudge to the people that might be on the edge just to see if they crack and uh, go crazy on somebody and that somebody would be, then be them so they they, they you know they, they kind of take the role as a bu- bully and you know, they didn't do it in this instance but they sort of did it as like hey you got a problem you know that kind of thing what are you looking at Th- that kind of thing and so well, and that's just the problem they're not used to having their authority challenged sure. so when someone does observe and watches out then they seem to be really interested in that and right. want to question that person, if not intimidate them. But it didn't work too well on you. Uh, how did it all come to a co- uh, close? Um, well, they uh, eventually they ended up, you know, sending me on my way. Um, and, uh, you know, I tried to be respectful in the whole thing. Uh, you know, I said, you know, they said, have a good night. I said, well, thanks, you too, and kept walking. Yeah, um, there's no reason to not be uh, respectful. There's no reason to be rude. Uh, we need to keep the higher ground. We need to not lower ourselves to the level of a violent thug or whatever. And I'm not saying all cops are that way. No, but but uh, at, the, at the same time, I want to assert that, I mean, one should definitely assert their rights. Um, there's a difference between being disrespectful and standing up for yourself and your rights absolutely there's Um, a difference between being respectful and being submissive 
Uh, I think that's that's right. something that a lot of people miss. In fact, I was talking with uh, Cynthia, who's one of the politicians, the uh, city councilors here in the Keene area. She had sent me an email right. recently asking me about Sam and how, and how he's doing uh, in jail because, well, she's finding that over time she's coming to uh, you know to to have some empathy apparently uh, for or at the very least sympathy. She's concerned. Uh, she's concerned for for Sam and so shows what a nice lady she can be. Well, yeah, I think she is well, a nice lady. Yes, sir. Go ahead. And of course, on a couple of uh, closing points, uh, Sam definitely I've been following his story, and I really appreciate what he's doing. You know, not just for my rights, but for everyone else's by putting his own freedom and his own life on the line. Uh, and I was reading his uh, jail blogs over there at freekeen.com, and uh, something he said that really resonated with me uh, was just the fact that you know this the state kind of relies on to control people. Sure it does. But if if you don't fear them, if you don't allow them to have that power, then they they really lose much of how they're able to rule. And, then it's just know, a man in a robe. Is where yeah. people don't accept that anymore. It's, then they just become men wearing costumes. I mean, that's a, there's a man exactly. in a robe calling himself a judge. There's a man in a costume with a shiny badge calling himself a cop. A really funny looking hat. Yeah. And you know, I was I was really nervous during this. Of course, it, sure. it was my first encounter and actually sticking up for myself. But um, I think it was either uh, Toby or Nick uh, who was on the show last week had said, you know, just uh, doing a little bit of you know uh, disobedience or you know a little bit of standing up for your rights. I really felt that I walked away with an, a sense of empowerment from that. And awesome. You know, their their ideas that they want to give. Um, you know, they want to show they're the authority figure, and they want to instill a sense of fear in you. But I, it didn't, I didn't leave with that. I really walked away with, um, you know, I felt good about myself after that, and I want to do more of it. It only yeah. encouraged me to continue. <laughs> what an encouraging phone call, an awesome story, and I thank you for, for taking that risk, because it is a nerve-wracking experience going up against these guys. Uh, in many cases, it will end nicely, but there's always that slight chance that you'll encounter some rogue cop who uh, has no problem whatsoever taking a billy club to your head or something like that, or a pulling a taser and just you know torturing you with it. You never know, and that's why it's intimidating, and that's why you get really nervous. So these are men with uh, that are willing to do violence and throw you in a cage if they decide they don't like that's, it for some reason. So, well done. That's why I. That's why I completely appreciate what. Uh, Sam and others like him of doing, and everyone there in the Free State Project. Thank you, Anthony. Thank them all for looking up for my rights. Very good, sir, and thank you for beginning to stand up for your own. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We get a lot of features. We give them all away, including live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. So we were talking a few moments ago with Anthony in Canada, and he had the opportunity the other night to exercise his rights a little bit to stand up for himself to not be uh, completely subservient to be uh, to not be completely supine isn't that lying on one's back i think so in the face of the so-called authorities the men with the badges and the guns 
He had encountered some police on the street in, uh, in his uh, area of Canada at about 2 a.m. He watched them as they were... I presume I I presumed they were harassing somebody, Mark, because well, if they see somebody walking on the streets alone at night, they tend to bug them. Uh, that's it's happened to me. I know that's a that's something that's very well a possibility. And so after he had finished observing what the police were doing to somebody else, they then came over to harass him uh, or ask a bunch of questions. Now, he'd probably have rather moved on his way and gone to McDonald's, which is what his intention was. That's why he was out walking late at night. He was just enjoying the night. Uh, But the police decided they wanted to uh, needle him with a bunch of questions, and he did a pretty good job of standing up for himself. And I said I had uh, that there's a big difference between being obedient and being respectful. And he pointed out that he was respectful to the police. And there's no reason not to be. There's no reason to be mean. There's no reason to be nasty. We have to understand that these, a lot of these bureaucrats got into their positions, many of the police too, to do the right thing. Because they thought that what they were doing was helping. And it turns out that, well, a lot of what they do hurts people. And some of them are aware of that, uh, some more so than others, but there's very little that they feel they, they can do about it, and that's, that's a whole other issue. But nonetheless, these are people, they're human beings, they're fallible, we, we're all fallible, we can all make mistakes, and they deserve a, a chance at, uh, at being forgiven and doing the right thing. Now, are they going to do the right thing tomorrow because, everybody just, you know, because a handful of people decide to, to stand up for their rights? No, but standing up for your rights is the first step in a process towards change. I agree. And so he should be congratulated for that. But I wanted to expound a bit on uh, the conversation I've been having with Cynthia, who is a local politician here in the Keene area. She is a uh, city councilor. She hosts a local talk show on Saturday morning. So her and I have had a lot of interaction over the last uh, couple of years. And Cynthia had emailed me out of the blue a couple of weeks back asking about Sam, who is our friend and co-host on this show, who's uh, in jail still. In fact, he's now been in jail for over four weeks, now into his fifth week in jail because he dared to record video in a allegedly uh, public court lobby and then refused to uh, give up his name or rather uh, utilize his so-called right to remain silent. The judge in that case decided, well, if you don't want to tell us your name, we're just going to keep you in a jail cell without trial yep. forever. In, in indefinite period of right. time. It's crazy. So it is a crazy case. And so Cynthia emailed me to reveal that she's basically finding herself caring about sam and she's a little confused about why she cares about sam i'm very upset about what's going on with sam um i mean obviously i agree with him too whereas cynthia probably you know she's just rather the whole thing went away and that's kind of how that's kind of like how she likes her community to to just everything to go along fine right i understand exactly she wants to go along to get along and when somebody goes out there and does civil disobedience it it makes her very upset And as we've posited before on this show, the reason why she's likely so upset is because she's being forced, you know, in in a roundabout way. She is by by seeing what's happening. She's being confronted with the violence that is inherent in the system that she is a part of and has been an active supporter of probably for her whole life. And this is an older lady. You know, she's probably in her 60s or 70s. I'm not sure how old she is. I don't know how old Somewhere up there, I would guess. 39. So she's had a long time uh, to be involved in, in just deeply involved in this system. And now she's seeing it for exactly how inhumane it truly can be. And it makes her very uncomfortable. So this is what she wrote to me yesterday. Excuse me, this morning she wrote this. 
Can't you convince Sam to just give the authorities his name and end this whole thing? She mentions a couple of local guys. They had a film made inside the courtroom a few weeks ago, and I <laughs> just was just out of curiosity, um, Cynthia. You have it's a little easier for her to say talk to Judge Burke than it is for you to talk to Sam. Um, can't she convince Judge Burke to just say mm-hmm. follow the law? <laughs> well. That would Instead re- of just making crap up. Yeah. That, that would require her to apply a little more critical thinking to this matter than she has so far. Right. I mean, I, I understand where she's coming from. I wish Sam would just go ahead and, and give his name, too. I no, am not I don't. rooting. He's doing the right thing. I wish Sam he's would eat. He's going to hurt himself. I wish Sam would eat. If he would eat, then he's not going to hurt it. He would not hurt himself, right? Okay, if he would that, eat, then he could just sit there and not give his name. That's what concerns fine. me the most. So she says, oh, a couple of local guys went into the court uh, and they were making a film and they were allowed to do it because they asked Judge Burke nicely and explained why they thought the story had merit. She says, my mother always said you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. And it's still true. I just think we should all choose the hills we're willing to die on and Sam shouldn't lose his health. And so his- which hill is Cynthia willing to die on? Because I know <laughs> I know that she's not, she doesn't like the idea of people getting a free day on the parking meters and she doesn't like uh, you know special days where the parking meters meters don't get paid on is park is are parking meters the hill that cynthia is willing to die on i don't think she's willing to die on a hill americans keniacs new hampshireites none of them have a hill they're willing to die on sorry they wouldn't know the the hill if they saw it right the hills keep on getting taken away from them and they don't even know they're getting taken away she has said on the air on her radio show she goes along to gets along so obviously she doesn't have a hill she says that uh, she choose the hills we're willing to die on, and Sam shouldn't lose his health and his credibility I, over minutia. This is not about minutia. This is about the ability to film bureaucrats while they're doing their jobs. These yeah. are our public servants. Freedom of the they're, press. It, it's a system that is out of control. It's the first and the only way you're going to have any chance to keep these to get these people under control is by being able to videotape them. It's the first stinking amendment, Cynthia. It's a hill to die on. You know. I agree with you completely. In fact, as an interesting aside, the activists came out to that same court this morning Mm -hmm. because one of the disorderly six, that's kind of our fun little name for the six people that were arrested uh, for standing around in the same court lobby that Sam was arrested for recording video in. And if if it was any other group, you would call it the keen six. However, the expectation is and the likelihood is is that there'll be a great deal more um, civil disobedience here and a lot more people involved in it. So you wouldn't want to use up that term keen (laughs) six because then you'd have the keen five later, the keen uh, 23. I don't know. We haven't thought that far. So I love the disorderly six. It's It's, a good it's a good it's cute. it's It's a cute name. Uh, so so one of the disorderly six had an arraignment this morning. They scheduled them out over a couple of days. So they didn't put them all in the same one. Uh, so the first one, uh, Richard, had an arraignment this morning. And I would say, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 activists showed up for this. And it, again, it's just an arraignment. He was going to go in there and bring up, a, a, obviously, go not guilty or not plead at all. And of course, then they'll put a, a plea in for you of, of not guilty. But what I found interesting was... That it was a relatively uneventful morning in that two people showed up with video cameras. In the hallway? Yes. And they were not recording in the hallway, but they were able to get the cameras into the court this time without filing a motion. So but, but we've gone from no cameras in court 
to you can have a camera in if you file a motion. And now we're back to the the, the situation that we've had we had six months ago or eight months ago where you can bring a camera in, no problem. Silly arbitrary laws that you know, I mean, why is I mean, how could you expect people not get to get arrested over this crap? <laughs> so will they keep it this way? Will they continue to allow the freedom of the press in this courtroom, or will it arbitrarily change in two more weeks? We'll find out. More coming up. Free talk live. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alakees at A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got updates. You get signed up. And we will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates. .freetalklive.com. Fortune Magazine calls LegalZoom.com blessedly simple. LegalZoom.com provides all the necessary incorporation documents, ensures that they're filled out correctly, and filed with the appropriate government authorities um, for the, for you know, just a pittance as far as the fees go. Uh, I've used it. It is fast and easy. You can go to LegalZoom.com, use code FTL to save an additional $10 off your first order. LegalZoom.com. All right, so I want to share the rest of this little interaction I've had with a with a politician, a local politician who has admitted to being very uncomfortable. We live here in the Keene, New Hampshire area, and it's kind of the hub of liberty-minded civil disobedience and non-cooperation. I wish I could say there was a lot more of it going on across the country, but it's just not. Uh, hopefully someday it will be, and we'll be able to report on it. But right now, it seems to be mostly happening in the Keene area. And so one of the local politicians is made very uncomfortable by any mention of any plans, let alone the actual carrying out of said plans, but the uh, even the mention of the plans to engage in civil disobedience. Very upsetting to her because uh, she's somebody who is so indoctrinated with this uh, pro-state belief within the system that she believes that, well, if you want to change the system, use the system. And the people that are engaging in the civil disobedience and the non-cooperation have tried to use the system in the past. And Not to mention the system is, um, you know, from where where I've lived in my life, the system is set up so that old retired people run it. And like therefore, this lady. Well, it, it just is. I mean, they, they pay these people, uh, the, the, the people in charge, a pittance. Now, the bureaucrats, you can work your way up and have, you know, be, have your mind scalded from the ability to even, even think for yourself mm-hmm. by moving up into the higher echelons of the, uh, of the bureaucracy, if you wish, but... Usually pro-freedom people are not trying to become city planners and uh, city managers not and likely. things like that. It's, it's just not a career that, direction that they go. Often they'll, they'll be uh, convicted by their beliefs and say, oh, I don't, even, I don't want to be a police officer. I don't want to be a teacher because I'll be working for the government. So it's, you know, the, it's, there's not many places for people that um, believe in the concepts of small government or no government or liberty or whatever you want to call it. There's not many places for them to go in the system. It's difficult. Right. But that's what she wants us to do. She wants us to stay in the system, use the system, because any time civil disobedience happens, it usually results in the system showing itself for what it truly is. For It usually results in the system revealing 
the violence, revealing the gun in the room, as we have tried to point out to these people again and again, that everything the government does, every program, whether it's the uh, the most ben, uh, you know benign appearing program, like you know the weather service or uh, welfare or something like that, every government program is backed up by the threat of violence. In that, if you decide you no longer wish to pay for it, that you wish to opt out, then uh, eventually they're going to come after you. And eventually they're going to take you and put you in a prison cell because of your opting out. So everything's backed up by the threat of violence. But the people, the nice folks that are running the government, that, you know, they believe they're doing the right thing. They don't want to see the gun in the room. They don't want to believe that it exists. They don't want to see the they violence They certainly don't happen. want to be told about it. They don't want to be associated with it. Who would? Who would want to be associated with aggression against one's neighbors? Who would want to stand out there and accept the mantle of violent thug? Who would want that? Who would want to be seen as supporting a system like that? So brush it under the rug. Keep it out of my face. I don't want to see this. Sam, why don't you just give up your name? Our friend Sam, sitting in a jail cell now, five uh, going on uh, his uh, full fifth week here soon, uh, for not giving up his name. It's being held indefinitely. She asked, why don't you just give in? Why not just give in, Sam? End this. They'll stop hurting you if you just say, Uncle. Say, Uncle, Sam. So she asked me, why, I can, why can't I convince him to do this? And so I, here's what I wrote her back. Cynthia, Cynthia, first, thanks for continuing to converse with me. It's how we can both grow in our understanding. I agree with your honey statement, because she had made the statement that uh, her mother always said, you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Basically saying that you should ask permission to record in the courtroom, and you you should submit yourself to these bureaucrats to get what you want from them. Oh, you can smile while you tell them you're going to record. How's that? Well, and and what I tell her is, I, I said, well, I agree with your statement about the honey thing. That's how I live my life. But there's a difference between being courteous... And submitting, however, especially when it comes to the concept of the state. Now, if one has has a right to exercise freedom of the press, one need not ask anyone's permission to do so in a public place. Same thing with any right. If you've got a right to bear uh, to bear arms, you shouldn't need to ask for permission to do so, especially in a public place. If one must ask for permission, then we're talking about a privilege and not a right. Blind obedience to authority is dangerous, and exactly why we are where we are today in society with an insanely large and violent state demanding that we ask permission to do virtually everything but breathe. Now, I'd like to convince Sam to eat personally, but I don't think that he should give in on the name issue. They already know his name, but because they won't schedule a trial without Sam giving them his name, they have made it clear that this is about submission and obedience. Yeah. And that's what it's always about, of course. That's why I went to jail over not sitting fast enough. I ask permission when I'm dealing with other voluntary individuals because I respect their claims on their property. I will operate by their rules because I consent voluntarily to them, else I could leave. Now you could respond to my statement by saying, well, if you don't like Keene's rules, you can leave. And I believe she said something similar to that in the past. And you'd be right if the city of Keene is indeed the owner of all the property here, meaning that those of us who own are just glorified renters or modern-day serfs. Are you prepared to make that claim? As the people calling themselves the state refuse to interact with me on a voluntary basis and instead choose aggression, they do not even deserve courtesy, but that's still what they get from me. It's why we can have conversations. There's no point in me being angry at you. I know your intentions are good. I understand that seeing the violence inherent in your organization makes you uncomfortable. It should. 
I am peaceful, <laughs> and I will not aggress against my neighbors. I wish I could say the same about your organization. Ugh. By the way, you'll be pleased to know that two people with cameras were allowed into district court today without any hassles or having to beg for permission. Will wonders never cease? Perhaps someday we'll stop aggression, abolish involuntary servitude, and evolve to a truly peaceful and voluntary society. So, uh, too harsh, Mark, you think? I, that one, the, the organization that you represent, uh, that, that was kind of rush, uh, harsh for me. I mean, you know, I... Hey, man, it's the truth, though, right? I mean, that I was pretty, I was pretty nice in that letter, I, I think, generally with, with my approach. I am courteous to these people even when they are doing violence to my friends. You know, I reached out and I shook the hand of uh, one of the cops that arrested uh, Dave Ridley. I sat down and I had drinks with him a few weeks ago. One of the other activists was arrested for, in, for recording video in that same courtroom. You know, I, I sat down. You met the same guy, Sturdy Thomas, one of the, the police lieutenants here. Sat down, had drinks with a man, had a conversation with him. They know how I feel about these things. And I'm not going to hide how I feel. I'm not going to hide what they are doing. I'm not going to, to candy coat that. But I am going to operate it with courtesy toward them because I'm not going to be thug-like. I'm not going to lower myself to that There's level no of, point. Um, of vitriol and anger. Right. Uh, you know, the, the, these guys that are just doing their jobs are going to have an easier time just doing their job if they can vilify and turn and, you know, and make the activists look like bad people. Um, and we're and, making that difficult for them by being communicative, by being open, by um, being friendly. And I think that, the, you know, I, I think there's a lot of steps going on in that direction. I find it heartening. And, um, you know, I, 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 I believe we're going to see some progress in that arena. I think so. And I think it's, you know, we're just on the cusp of it right now. And in generally across New Hampshire, more people are moving in here on a weekly basis now. I mean, if it's... It's the springtime. People are coming here more so than they did during the summer, and uh, more, I think, are coming. Lots of people planning to come out here for the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is coming up this summer. Great excuse to come out to New Hampshire and be uh, amongst like-minded people, to be in communion, if you will, with uh, other people that love liberty and are willing to take action and do something about it. Because if people, if I'm the, not the only one having these conversations with Cynthia, and I don't know, maybe I am at this point, uh, more people coming here having these conversations with the people that are in the system are going to begin persuading over time. As long as you aren't using vitriolic invective in uh, making these people uh, and insulting them. We're yeah, coming it up. Work. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give them to you. Now, if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how to promote the show at promote.freetalklive.com. whole list of things that you can do there, most of them completely free, a few of them very low cost, like printing flyers, for instance. Go on over to promote.freetalklive.com and help us get Free Talk Live into more ears around the Internet, around the world. We go to your phone calls about whatever you want. It's Dennis in New Hampshire on the Amp Line. Hello, Dennis. Greetings, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind? So, so me and Irina, we, uh, we, we bought a house, and we're going to be moving house pretty soon. And we're moving to a slightly smaller town here in New Hampshire. And I thought, you know, what I ought to do is start practicing what I preach. What do you mean? 
specifically around getting uh, active and volunteering in the community, volunteering in the town, that kind of thing. Wait a minute. You haven't been volunteering this whole time? You've been telling everybody to volunteer? I mean, sort of, kind of, but not on any, not on any really significant basis, to be frank. Do as I, I mean, say, not as I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now it's, now it's do as I do. Okay, very good. What are you going to do? So I, uh, I Googled around, looking around the town website, and I found a bunch of committees that have a bunch of vacant places open. And apparently this is pretty normal in any town that you go to in New Hampshire. There's a bunch of little committees that uh, they're all volunteer. No one gets paid to do them, but they sort of help the town run. And because they're all volunteer, there's always vacancies, right? Sure. So one of those is the recycling committee. Nice. And so now you know me. I got my little electric car. I I'm I'm all green. You so got I'm your like, green cred, no doubt about it. Yeah, the conservation oh, yeah. commission is calling your name. Well, I, I, conservation is kind of hardcore. It's just a recycling committee. Their, their whole purpose is just help more people recycle in the town. That's it. Hmm. Okay. Is it a mandatory so, recycling town? Uh, no. Okay. And it's one of those great towns where there are at least two, I think there are actually three different uh, private companies that compete for your curbside trash pickup business. That is one of the coolest things about living here in New Hampshire as far as, far as real-life examples of how the marketplace can handle the, the government services that people are so used to. Uh, that, that Nobody believes that uh, the, a lot of people around the country can't believe the trash pickup could be done right. privately. And they can't believe it can be done uh, you know, at, at, the, at a market rate. The, the, the city must be subsidizing it in some way, and then poor people wouldn't have their trash picked up. That's the mm-hmm. idea. However, here, poor people are getting their trash picked up, and they're getting it picked up more cheaply than you have to pay in most towns. Well, of course, if you're really poor, what you do is you put all your trash in your car, your truck, and you drive it to the dump, and you dump it in the dump. There you yep. go. Yeah. Um, but I love the fact that there are competing. There's a couple of competing organizations that want your business to pick up your trash. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. So I, I walk into this, this little recycling committee. It's in the library. After hours in the library, they meet. Just the nicest, nicest people. They were so welcoming. Oh, wonderful. You know, if someone wants to volunteer, great. You know, give our meeting a test drive. We hope you'll join us. They were so nice. It was great. And uh, what I found out was they had, for the last year, been working on implementing something that I love, a pay-as-you-throw, like Mm -hmm. pay-by-the-bag thing for for the town. So, you know, you would actually have to pay based on the amount of, you know, refuse that you produce. Mm-hmm. Which is which is great. I like that. Yeah. And they and they were doing this even though the town has no real control over the picking up of the trash. They had to do it by market incentives by saying, Okay, well the town does own the, the transfer station, the dump so they, the town could waive the fee for the people that come to dump trash there if they dump the trash like with special ba- – they got the whole thing worked out. It was, it was quite interesting. But they were trying to add some kind of a, a market force to this, like rather than having a flat rate, you know, no matter how much trash you have, that it would be, you know, based on the amount of trash, that's how expensive it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just great. That's how it like works out here. Incentive. They've got uh, a, they've got a weighing thing where you go in, you weigh your tr- uh, you weigh your truck, and then you you know, you leave, and then you weigh again, and then you pay based on how much weight you've lost, basically. Okay. Well, apparently they put this thing up after like a year of making PowerPoint slides and making their pitch and trying to show that it's not going to raise tax rates and and stuff like that. 
um, they had a big town meeting last week, and apparently at the town meeting, this idea failed in the town meeting vote by, are you ready, are you ready? One vote. Three, three votes. Three votes. What? That's me, my wife, and my four-year-old kid. That's, that's three votes, right? You know, it's not hard to to have an effect here in New Hampshire, really. I mean, even in the political system, as you've pointed out so many times, uh, Dennis, sometimes there are things that'll just go by just a handful of votes. And so to say that the vote doesn't matter at the federal level, I think is pretty accurate. But to say your vote doesn't matter at a local level, I think is inaccurate. I think that... uh, Yeah, they bought a big expensive truck in my town by one vote. Really? Mm. Dennis, thanks for sharing that, man. Anything else on your mind tonight? I just wanted to really, you know, put out there that getting involved in these little town community type of a things it's so easy and it's like it's like the opposite in a way of what you do with civil disobedience mm-hmm. it's towards the same end but if like my dad taught judo when i was a kid yeah. and the thing that you learn is that a little guy a little kid can throw a big man by using his momentum right. against him i don't I, it just seems so obvious to me that getting involved in these little, little time, and of course it helps a lot that uh, another free stater, Chris Lawless, who organizes the Liberty Forums, he got his start in the town in the recycling committee. So they kind of knew that, okay, Chris is an okay guy and he's a libertarian. And so if I say something that sounds kind of libertarian, that's okay. It's a great opportunity it, for the uh, political, politically oriented people. You get into these positions and you get to know the movers and the shakers, because a lot of the times in these committees, it's uh, the people that have a little bit of time on their hands because they might be successful at business or something like that, uh, that are on board, or at the, or sometimes it's the busybodies. But either way, you Those know, two. either way, you're getting to know they these... They need to be counteracted, though. Yeah, you're getting to know these folks, and you're coming in there as a voice of reason and responsibility and freedom, and if you're persuasive, you'll start persuading people to your side. And I think I did a good job being persuasive the best possible way the first time you meet a bunch of people. I was quiet most of the time. That is hard, but I did it. I kept my trap shut. And it's so easy. You go to the town website, you click around, you find the word vacant. Oh, I'll show up in the next meeting. And chances are they'll be, oh, wonderful. We're glad you're here. It's, It's so easy. Very good, Dennis. Anything else on your mind tonight? That's it. Thanks. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. So if you feel like you have been spinning your wheels where you currently are, just listen to all of the success stories that are happening here in New Hampshire. I mean, they uh, they are just, it's one after another of people making connections and getting involved and doing something that is making a difference in the long term. And it's only just now getting started. What's so funny, Mark? I'm just imagining that one guy that you showed me on the video that just gets up at the town meetings and rambles. Or that not the town oh, meetings, but he's, Steve, he's, he's on some oh kind of like, gosh, he's out in name? California. He's got the, the glasses yeah. on. He's, he's just hilarious. Uh, Rocco? Rocco, yeah, Steve Rocco. That's his <laughs> name. Yeah, he got elected on a fluke, basically. He was one of the, it was one of those things where nobody really knows who they're voting for right. in the and local elections. So this Steve Rocco character threw his hat into the ring for a school board slot, and he won. 
And he's crazy. Uh, <laughs> he's a blast, though, at the same time, just watching him skewer uh, the other politicians on the school board. Now, he is not a, uh, a very respectful guy, okay? Uh, but it's still fun to, to watch him. So if you want to see Steve Rocco and him stirring up trouble on a California school board, these people hate Steve Rocco. These busybody uh, moms that are on the, uh, the school board, they can't stand this man. He comes in there with his cap on, wearing dark sunglasses. Passes uh, into these uh, these meetings, brings a picture in with him, sets it up on the the, the podium, and just starts rambling about uh, <laughs> it's conspiracies great. and like you know paranoia and things like that. It was well, he also trashes on the the uh, the, the existing status yeah. quo and the the politicians and fine. It's just hilarious to me, but it just goes to show how, you know really the pointlessness of voting because they. The the fact is, a lot of people vote. For instance, in the presidential election, they'll also line up their local elections with the presidential election. Now, a lot of people want to go to the presidential election. It gets lots of uh, media, and people know which one they, which guy they want. What, for whatever reason it is, they they know which one they like. Whether it's his, uh, you know, his winning smile or his uh, policy in, uh, you know, his foreign policy. Whatever their reason is, they know they like it. Mm-hmm. However, what they don't know is who should, who they think should be on the board for whatever reason of their you know city council or yeah. whatever even the more obscure stuff who should be the you know, election committee you know chief or whatever often people pick for no reason they just you know, whoever's top um, some name yeah. that they like the last name I like the letter V better than I like the letter S totally it I mean it's, it's absolutely I'll admit ludicrous. to it I'll admit to it I've done, done it too yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody admit it you've done it and this proves voting stinks yeah alright more on the way Hour 3 is coming up you can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything this is Free Talk Live this program is brought to you by freekeen.com Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching here in hour number three of the program. You dial toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their website. Ours is free. So enjoy it on us at freetalklive.com. Again, freetalklive.com. We'll start things out by going right to your calls. And we'll talk to John in California. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. How you doing, Ian and Mark? Mega dittos. <laughs> What's on your mind, John? I'm calling because I have moved into a, an, a lady's condo a couple months ago, and I gave her a first month, last month's rent up front, and um, it didn't work out. We didn't get along, so I moved out after just the one month. Mm-hmm. And now she's refusing to give any money back, and I didn't cause any damage or anything, but she should have given me that last month's rent back. Sure, point, sure, sure. Never... point of clarification, were you moving into another woman's actual condominium, or were you, uh, as, as in you were rooming with her, or were you moving into a condominium of your own in a condominium complex? I'm sorry, I was renting a room from her. So you were living in her home? Right, and she, she and we both agreed I, that we weren't getting along, and I should leave. How so like did, did you enter in, an agreement? Did you enter into a written agreement, uh, a written lease? 
No, no written. There's no verbal. You're it was screwed. completely month to month. Now, um, in, actually, uh, you're probably not. Um, likely, you can uh, take her to cl- small claims and uh, get it back. But what is she saying that? Um, what 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 is she saying that the reason is? Well, she's claiming that I caused all kinds of damage, which I didn't, and I have pictures. But my question was more for Ian, and it's just a philosophical one. Do you think, uh, you know, I've called myself an anarchist for a good 18 months, two years now. Do you think it's appropriate for me to take her to court uh, to try to recover this money, or is that initiating force against her? Um, uh, that's a good question. I think that uh, you could answer that in a couple of different ways. You could say, yes, uh, you need to be completely principled. It is inappropriate for you to take them to court. However, on the other hand, you could also say that, well, this is really the only legitimate option for you to resolve uh, you know, this dispute. That is, if you haven't tried, that is, if you have exhausted every other option available to you as far as you know, private mediation or arbitration or something like that. Uh, I would say that uh, you really don't have any business doing that because you didn't get into a real agreement with this woman. You didn't write anything down. You didn't get a receipt. Uh, it sounds like so. I don't see Mark how you could go in and take a ver- you know verbally say, "Well, uh, I paid X for this, and uh, she didn't well, give me my money back." You, you can make you're, X whatever you're making you want. assumptions as to what she's going to say. Um, if you <laughs> do, you have you have a receipt by the way for anything. I've got, well, the the way I'm going to beat her because there's law in California that she has to return the money or tell me why she's not within yep. three weeks. Yep. And she admitted in an email chain that she failed to do that. So I think I got a dead bang winner against her. Yes. Um, if I were to take her to court. Ian's just a, a, a perpetual pessimist. He assumes the worst in I'm people. I'm an optimist. What are you no, talking you are about? Not when it comes <laughs> to business. You believe that uh, people are going to lie their butts off, and some of them will. Well, he started this conversation by saying this woman didn't give him his money back, right. which means he's dealing she with someone shifty. She has a disagreement with him. That doesn't make her a liar, Ian. Uh, well, she is a liar. She may very well be, but she, well, you know, when she goes into court, you're going to be able to show whatever evidence that you can show, and uh, you know, she's going to have to explain whatever it is. And and the laws are totally, totally bent towards renters, especially in California. Yeah, but don't you have to have a lease to be considered a renter by the law? I mean, no, a verbal no. agreement. A, a verbal agreement is an agreement. A verbal contract is a contract. Sorry, I mean you have to be able to prove what it says, and if two but it people doesn't say anything, it's, there's nothing written people, down. If two people go in and say different things, then you can really have a problem. You're going to have sense. a problem. She's not going to. I don't think she's going to go along with this. You think she's just going to say, "Oh yeah, I just didn't give his money back." No, she's uh, going to. She's going to say like... that there were damages, and then he's going to say that. They, well, look, can we can we have some proof of these damages? Just a little bit. But if she's smart, she'll say, "I never rented that to that man." Uh, but and if there's a receipt. There, you don't have a receipt, he right? He does have a receipt. I've got I've got a series of emails where where we discuss it, and she admits trying to keep it. I think I'm really going to get her on just not giving me an accounting within the weeks that's demanded by the legislature. You know, uh, which is a stupid rule, but I, I think I can get her on that because she admits in the email that she would owe me the money. If she broke that rule, I don't think it's a stupid rule. I think it's a good rule. However, I understand, you know, why, uh, you know, somebody who believes in market anarchy or whatever might uh, disagree with it. But I think that that's one of the the good rules that the government has out there. That there's a period of time um, for which a a, a you know uh, a person, a landlord, has to give some kind of explanation. You know, maybe they, you know, maybe there should be a written demand for that explanation. I don't know. I uh, I see that you're saying you have a, a series of emails where she admits to some of this. 
and I understand that even a contract could be forged, and then we could be dealing with a forgery issue and all that. So you could get into, we could argue about this forever. But it seems to me that you don't have much to go on. Mark seems, I think Mark's being really optimistic here, but then again, I've never really paid close attention to how these cases shake out uh, in the government court system. I think that uh, if you didn't have witnesses to your verbal agreement, then it's your word against hers, and uh, I don't know how that's going to go. I I don't know, man. I, I, I would hope that you could uh, you could solve this problem without bringing the government courts in. I think it should be the absolute last uh, the, the, the absolute last resort. And I think that you should have done your due diligence and gotten into a proper lease uh, when you uh, when you got into this agreement. I think that you you screwed up in uh, in this particular so case by not covering your bases. So did she? Yeah. So bottom line is, Ian, if if she was unre- being unreasonable and uh, not willing to really talk to me about it, you would eventually be willing to take her to court if if you were in my position. Uh, I would do everything I could to uh, to avoid uh, doing something like that. Uh, personally, I put into my agreements that uh, it's it's to be arbitrated and that no government courts have any uh, jurisdiction over my agreements. So, but in this particular case, <laughs> there is no dispute resolution organization that is that stipulated ahead of time. Agreed on. There right. is one dispute resolution organization that has jurisdiction in this particular area because it is the default one, and that's the one he's going to have to use. I agree with you. I, I agree. If you feel that you must do this, then that's that's the only option you have. I I, I find it uh, distasteful, but uh, if you feel like that's the way you've got to go, then that's fine. I Maybe think you, you should, should be tell able to... her before you go that hey, I've got these emails from you, yeah, and they say such and such. Um, you know, <laughs> you she'll have to pay more if she loses, right? Like as far as court costs, I don't know. Like that. She's not the, the seven hundred bucks is the amount I gave her for the last month's rent. And I offered to take 500 to avoid going to court to her, and she won't even take that. So she's—I mean, she's nuts. Okay. Uh, did, did she? Did she seem, by the way, nuts when you lived with her, or what? What were your disputes with her? Oh, she was just—I mean, you know, if there was one hair out of place, she was just a clean freak, and her dogs hated me, and she just was smoked pot all the time, and. She was unemployed and didn't tell me that until I moved in. Mm. In fact, she gave me a business card before I moved in. That was from a job she had years before. Nice. Weird. Just, just nuts. Huh. All right, man. Well, good luck out there. Uh, I, I hope you make you know the right choice and you manage to, or she makes the right choice and manages to resolve this outside of the government system. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. You know, speaking of going to court, uh, one of the activists here in New Hampshire went to court recently, and I don't mean what happened today with the arraignment here in uh, Keene District Court, but there was another success story uh, in another part of the state, which hasn't gotten as much publicity, I, I don't think, as it deserves. Um, and uh, I want to share that with you because I thought it was a great story. And this is a, a great little story. And remember, this isn't just about New Hampshire. It's about how people who are determined to stand up for their rights, even just a small amount of them, can make a difference. They can have an effect on an inhumane system. And the story is from Jaraxis over at the Freaking Forum. He says that uh, Bill D. Gale and I got to the Gosstown District Court a little before 1 o'clock. Now, the reason why he was there is because he was cited for failure to obey the inspection requirement penalties. 
So basically, he didn't get his car inspected within the uh, period of time he was supposed to get it. They pulled you up. They are Johnny on the spot pulling people over for that stuff up here because it's, it's money for them, you know, ringing the cash register. So he decided he was going to challenge this in court, and they showed up. Only three activists. Actually, Ivy ended up showing up a little bit later, so only four people showed up to this court. Not the biggest activist turnout of all time. But apparently, they did a pretty good job, and uh, we'll explain exactly what their encounter was with the prosecutor here in a few moments. And maybe this is something you can take to uh, your local courts. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. People need to stop putting up with all of these fines. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Oh, and by the way, Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free audio book. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. They've got Mary, Mary Higgins Clark, James Patterson, David Balducci, and uh, Stuart Woods. All big names. All right, so we're talking about courtroom shenanigans. Uh, there's a little bit of good news that we shared with you earlier about how some of the courts, uh, one of the courts here in New Hampshire that hadn't been allowing cameras, now all of a sudden is allowing cameras. So they're moving in the right direction. If they'll stay there is another question, or whether they will stay there is, a, is another question. And some of the other activists in a different part of the state have had some success this week uh, in their courtroom. I don't know if disobedience is quite the right term, but... They're not going along with the usual system. The way the system usually works is that uh, people go into court. And if you've ever been to your local arraignment at your local courthouse, you know what this is all about. Whether you've been there uh, because you had to be there or you went to just observe. If you've never been to just observe an arraignment at your local court, take a trip. You know, grab the kids or whatever and uh, go out to your local courtroom. Grab your your significant other or your friends and, and go and watch them process through these, these poor, poor people. <laughs> these are not criminals, most of them. Most no, of them I, are not. I meant the ones that are doing the processing. Oh, yes. Yeah, the, the extortionists. The people running the courtroom are definitely uh, of the criminal element. And so what you'll see typically is, well, what I saw today, because I was in an arraignment today, was before the judge even comes into the room, there's a line of people that stretches from the front of the room all the way to the back, and these people are just processing through. They're cutting deals, right? Because uh, you know, the way it works is they charge you with a bunch of crimes, and then they cut you a deal. You know, knock a few of the crimes off, uh, give you probation, and, uh, you know, fine, which, of course, you can't pay it all at once. We'll put you on our pl- payment plan. It's just $20 more. Uh, we'll finance you. And so they'll do whatever they can to get you paying the court. That's what it's all about, ringing that cash register all morning long. That's what they do every single week. They make thousands upon thousands of dollars off of what are mostly indigent people, uh, people that are, you know, a little down on their luck, a little bit on the poor side because, you know, the cops aren't really pulling over people with Lexi or BMWs out there and and giving them a whole bunch of uh, hassle. So usually that's what you end up seeing. 
And so most people will just go along with the process. They want it to be over with. They want it to be done with. They don't want to have to deal with this anymore. They want to go back to their lives. They understand they're going to have to shell out $400, $500 or whatever the, uh, the cost, the arbitrary number is that the judge assigns to, uh, to their particular case. You and were taught that when uh, dealing with armed robbers that you give them your wallet. Give them money. Yeah. Make it, uh, just get it over with. And so that's what people do until the free staters get together. Until activists decide they had had enough. Not just free staters, but this is where a lot of the stories are coming from. That's why we're sharing them here. If you've got a story that you want to share about your courtroom success, we'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. But here is one example of what just a handful of dedicated people can do when they are willing to no longer put up with this crap anymore. So Jaraxis goes in and he describes this at uh, forum.freekeen.com. He's going in for a failure to obey the inspection requirements. And this is a very common thing. He says, we got there a little before 1 o'clock. The plan was I'd wait for, wait for my turn to come at trial, plead not guilty, and then proceed with the trial right then. I had questions prepared to cross-examine the officer in order to make it apparent that the RSI I, RSA I violated is about revenue generation and not actually vehicle safety. I planned to then make a closing statement basically saying I wouldn't be a revenue source for them and ask the judge to suspend the fine or I'd take the jail sentence in lieu of the fine and cost Hillsborough County several hundred dollars. This is, an, uh, this is a tactic a number of the activists have been taking up here. Well, I'm kind of curious. Has he been, like, how long has he been driving around without uh, inspections? I mean, is that what's going on here? Uh, that's not made clear. He did not get his inspection I'll talk within. I'll about it later. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But nonetheless, there are states where there are no inspection requirements. And absolutely. Are, it's all about, okay. I, I don't disagree with any of that. It is absolutely about revenue generation and about, uh, you know, it's, it's a racket for the, the mechanics. Uh, it's nonsense. So he had his plan. The fund says he star- uh, He says the fund starts as soon as we got there. We get the camera bag through the front security with no issues. That's important point number one. Bring recording equipment and display it in front of these bureaucrats. They're not used to that. Then we went upstairs to wait at the clerk's office to hand in the motion form. The bailiff is standing next to the line and asks me, what's in the bag? I answer, that's a camera bag. We explain that we have the motion form for videoing in the courtroom, and apparently the bailiff has no idea what this is. Bill tells the guy outright, well, it's not his decision, it's the judge's. Clerk calls on Bill, and he hands in the form. It's also obvious she's never seen one before. Because who's bringing in video cameras to their uh, court trials? They just want to get out of there. They don't want to bring anything in or do anything differently. Yep. He says, uh, Bill explains it's a form for videoing in the courtroom, and I add that we're going through the exact same motions as we did in Manchester District Court, and that the form is even the one I wrote based uh, based on the one they hand out. She notices what I put on the media organization line and says to Bill, clearly shocked, the bureaucrat says, this is for YouTube? Because they know what that means. Yep. Uh, Two clerks confer briefly. Bill again says it's not their decision. It's up to the judge. Both of them go away. We wait about 10 minutes while the other two clerks futz with the computer for another customer. The software didn't enter his bail correctly or something. And the line builds up. Two or three court security personnel are now hovering around us. I finally check in and we go and wait in the waiting room. There was a second guy sitting out there at a desk who told us uh, we were supposed to check in with him after checking in with the clerk. And now he's not there. Typical bureaucracy so far. Just make things confusing and just inefficient enough that it keeps people off of their balance. Some guy comes out and tells everyone in the waiting room, three other people there for their own cases alone, plus Bill, Gail, and myself, to follow him to the back. At first we think this is the bailiff, meaning that the court is open or something, but it turns out to be the prosecutor, Carrie Stickowicz. 
I immediately realized that this court must go through so many of these petty cases that they just assume everyone's going to deal with the prosecutor first. Who'd bother with a trial anyway, right? So you meet with the prosecutor, the prosecutor cuts you the deal, you plead guilty, and you don't even have to see the judge, right? So all of us were led to a conference room where we wait... And that's something you do have to deal with when you're dealing with the government is a lot of waiting. Yep. While Because they don't value your, your time at all. No? Your time is meaningless to them. If, if you don't give up your time to them as an offering to bail, you will go to jail. Uh, you'll get far in far more trouble by ignoring them and, uh, you know, going on oh, with your yeah. life. Failure than you to appear. Ever would have then by, uh, you know. Uh, whatever your crime is. So Stekowicz, the prosecutor, starts taking people one by one into his office. The whole thing has the feeling of being called to the principal's office, which I'm sure is the psychological intent of it all. While waiting, we all talk with the other guys there waiting for their cases. Two of them actually seem somewhat receptive to the idea of always taking a trial, if not to win, but just to slow the bureaucrats down and perhaps to get them to blink first. And the third guy's more concerned about the fact that he's missing work and just wants to get it over with. No doubt. And that is, of course, what they hope for with cases like this. Just go in, give them your 60 or 100 or $150, and be done with it. The courthouse, by the way, is huge for the town, a town the size of Goffstown, and probably even bigger than Manchester's. I wonder how they paid for all of Built that. with fu- stolen funds. 1-800-259-9231. More to the story. We'll share it with you and take your calls about anything. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing toll-free 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Now, all the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those. And uh, those features, by the way, include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. And get interactive for free. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Talking about how just a handful of people who are willing to stand up for their freedoms, who are willing to not just give in, to not just break down and do as the bureaucrats are demanding of them, specifically in a courtroom situation. We're giving you an example from this week here in New Hampshire. Now, this I believe this can be done in other places. I mean, just simply based on the amount of people that were involved here. This was not a 40-person turnout. This wasn't even 10 people like we had this morning here in the Keene area. Four people is who showed up at this courtroom, uh, the, the situation where one activist was going in and he was intending to refuse to pay a fine for failure to inspect his uh, his vehicle. And that was his intention. His intention was to go in there and say, look, you know, I'm not your piggy bank. I'm not going to pay for this. And if you want, uh, you can either put me in a jail cell or you can suspend the fine. So if you suspend the fine, we can all walk out of here and everything will be fine. And if you put me in a jail cell, then that's going to cost you probably about 80 bucks a day. It's going to cost the taxpayers about 80 bucks a day. And that's really, that's really not what they want. They want to make money. They're there to extract money from people at these arraignments. That's what they exist for. I think this is a great way to... Uh 
uh, to, to handle the situation. Um, you know, it, it's it sounds to me like he's presenting it in just a fashion that they can they can understand. Look, I understand you've got a cha-ching little piggy bank machine going here, cha-ching. You guys got an armed extortion uh, yeah. s- system, although you wouldn't use that uh, terminology. Um, I'm not not playing, not playing. You know? And I'm willing to go to jail. That's what it takes, though. See, yep. if you're willing to, if you are uh, interested in not participating with this system, you have to be prepared and willing to go and sit in a jail cell because of it. If you're not ready for that, then don't try what Jaraxxus did in this case. But I'm going to continue his story, and we'll take your calls. If you want to share your success stories in court, you're certainly welcome to do so. I'd love to see uh, more people having successes like this. He says, uh, eventually the prosecutor gets to us. And at this point, Ivy arrives, and we let her into the conference room. We had let him take all of the other guys first, so we're not contributing to wasting their time like the state is. And that's a really smart move. Like, if you are going to, for instance, take a Mark Stevens approach, markstevens.net, Mark with a C, markstevens.net, and ask a bunch of questions at a trial, for instance, or an arraignment, if, if you want to try to take up a bunch of the court's time, just say, you know, uh, sir, I've got a lot of questions here, and I don't want to get in any of these other folks' way. Could you go ahead and take everybody else in this room before me? And if they insist on taking you, well, then it's their fault that everybody has to wait. I think but, that's a pretty good system, actually, yeah. because uh, you know, often the court, the, the people that are waiting behind you can get very frustrated, and they they see you as, as the, the cause problem. of it. Exactly. I remember I had a system like a situation like that happen to me, and it wasn't it wasn't comfortable, and I actually did end up buckling because the person behind me wanted to go. Yeah. So, uh, great tactic. He says, eventually he gets to us, and uh, he brings us to the office and then leaves briefly. He's already acting a bit off, as he's not used to dealing with one person with two others behind him, and now a third has shown up. He leaves briefly and comes back with the paperwork. He starts describing the case and from the paperwork and asking me what my plan is. He's perplexed, uh, perplexed as to why I want to actually take a trial, since this is a strict liability offense. Apparently, Goffstown's court literally does interpret checking off not guilty on the tickets to mean that you want to deal with the prosecutor, not that you'd actually want a trial and, you know, plead not guilty. He gets agitated when I start to explain that I'm not planning on paying the fine. And I probably say a few uh, things to the prosecutor I shouldn't about the facts of the case, but I'm not actually trying to contest the facts, just the law, so I'm not thinking in remain silent mode. Someone, I forget who, brings up that we want the trial so we can video record it, and he starts to become more agitated and says he won't consent to being audio recorded because he doesn't want to be made a fool of, and we don't need video anyway because the court will for us. So, in other words, he will be videoed ma- being made a fool of, just not by us. He tries to cite RSA 570. IV and him get into an argument about the state Supreme Court cases requiring judges to allow videoing in their courtrooms, and that it's not up to him but the judge, and he completely loses it. Poor bureaucrat realizes he's lost control at this point. His behavior starts to remind me of a high school bully who got sucker punched in the gut for the first time. He demands that Ivy leave, unless you're his attorney. And she waits outside. Bill asks if he wants us all to leave except me, and he says no, only Ivy. Another 30 seconds or so of exchange, and it's fine. Take this to court. You'll be found guilty. As we're on our way out, he says something like, and you can take this to your precious Supreme Court, and storms off. What a great attitude this guy has. We all go wait in the hallway, and Ivy starts looking up stuff for Bill to cite when he gets to argue his video motion. Numerous court officials walk by our little meeting overhearing us discussing this or that court case, legal terms, etc. And a bailiff shows up with another security minion and asks us to go wait in the lobby. 
we wait 10, um, 10 to 15 minutes talking to another batch of state victims about their rights. And this is another great reason to keep going after liberty activists uh, in this state, because the more you bring us into court, the more likely people are going to see us. In fact, we were talking today, this morning, about working up some sort of flyers to start flyering people with when yeah. we go out to the courtrooms. That'll be nice. Anyway, obviously, he says, anyone can overhear us now as we're opposite sides of a 20-foot-wide room. One guy learned that he can open carry with a loaded firearm. He thought open carrying was only legal with an unloaded weapon. Another guy told us about all sorts of trouble he's having in his town with some corrupt selectman come police officer going after him about how his driveway is configured or some such. We convince him to get it all on video and always try to keep a camera with him at all times. The prosecutor then comes back later and says, It's your lucky day, Mr. Olson. He explains that the cop who stopped me is at home with a sick son, so he can't make it to trial. So Stecky here is going to lo- null-pross the case. Did, did he tell him it's his lucky day instead? <laughs> no, Mr. Prosecutor. It's yours. It's your lucky day. No, you don't, don't have to go on YouTube looking like a butthead. <laughs> I tell him, of course, I'm not leaving until I get it in writing. He acts like, of course, that's what he meant all along. He'll be back with it in a few minutes. <laughs> We wait another ten or so, chatting with all the people in the waiting room, and the prosecutor comes back and hands me the paper without so much as a word, and so obviously refusing to look at all of us that I nearly burst out laughing. And I think it's important to uh, to keep a uh, an attitude of levity towards these government bureaucrats and try not to take them seriously, because I hate that. Ivy asks him if this fine is being dismissed with prejudice, meaning that they can't bring it back. Because we are under the impression that we need a hearing in front of a judge to do that, he says it's completely gone, that it's been expunged. Fine, so we leave. We have three witnesses to him telling me it's gone, so if it all of a sudden comes back, it's going to be a whole lot of fun all over again. We were out of there at 2.17. So it took them an hour and 15 minutes. And, you know, people don't want to spend a whole lot of time uh, with dealing with the government. But if they bring it back, they won't bring it back with this particular bureaucrat. He won't be there that day. And you won't have an opportunity. So, you know, you'll never get to face your accuser on that one. So you look at this and you say, well, they, they, ins- they put all this time in. It took four people to come out. But they had a success. Mm-hmm. They had a success at minimizing the damage that these bureaucrats do. Anytime they contact oh, this is you, a real success. This is a j- Jam it down their throat success. Oh, it's an awesome story. Awesome story. And and it makes me think that, you know, maybe this is something that can start to happen around the country. Maybe you don't need, you know, 50, 60 activists behind you. Though It doesn't hurt uh, to have that kind of support. And you can have significant support consistently here in New Hampshire. It's hard to round up four people to go to court with you anywhere, anywhere else. Oh, yeah. So uh, so what an amazing success story. And and the more this kind of stuff happens, the more of a of a wrench you throw into the system. Imagine, imagine I was sitting in a courtroom full of people this morning, people who were pleading out and just making deals and just trying to get this over with. Imagine if just 10 or 20 percent of those people said, I'm taking this to trial. Yep. The guy that was in there today, Richard, one of the disorderly six that's taking his to trial, and I think all of the other the other five of six are also going to go to trial as well, his trial scheduled for July. Yep. They had to schedule him out three months they, at this they point. Put off court here. They put off court here in New Hampshire, and likely this is true in other states, for an entire month. They just didn't have the money. They couldn't afford to do uh, jury trials that month. Yeah, yeah. you're right. So they, it's, it's the trials that cost them money. It's these people going in there and pleading and pleading and pleading that, that don't. Right. Yeah, so they, that's where they get their revenue from. If they're already teetering. That's what they were waiting on is a month worth of revenue from people pleading yeah. out. If they're already teetering on the edge of already having to call off an entire month's worth of uh, trials, it won't take much to push them back over that edge. 
Of course, they could avoid all this by stopping going after peaceful people. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call. If you make it now, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy for life, they probably sell it dozens of categories, even used items. So you need to save a few extra bucks. You can do it through Amazon at amazon.freetalklive.com to start your shopping there. And Free Talk Live gets a cut. We go to your phone calls about whatever you want. It's Matt in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Matt. Hi, Ian. Hi, Mark. Hey, I Matt. just want to let you guys know I am currently driving safely faster than the government-posted speed limit. With a cell phone against your head. Yes, that's that's correct. That is civil disobedience, my you, friend. You, you, you need a burger for the other hand. <laughs> I, I have one. I'm waiting for I get to stop before doing that. I'm not I'm not that skilled at driving with my knees. Okay, so what's on your mind tonight? I wanted to tell you guys how you inspired me to uh, end the uh, government-centered uh, life that I was going towards and to become an entrepreneur. I uh, was studying for to become a teacher. I actually went through college and am about to finish my teaching certification, but mm. I decided after what I've seen in teaching that it's just the the biggest load of indoctrination that that I ever saw, that the kids are ignored and not taught in a productive manner. What kind of indoctrination? Everybody is just miserable in school. Can you, can you give me just a couple examples of what you've learned? I mean, you cited indoctrination. What is it you've come across in your uh, in your education that uh, was so shocking to you? Um, one time, I was observing a English as a second language class because you know, as as part of the certification process, you have to observe a lot of classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, a teacher actually went and lobbied the students to tell their parents to vote in the next election to. Uh, raise taxes and provide more funding to teachers. Yeah. Extract, uh, and, uh, extract and obvious... your paycheck by, by violence. Great. Right. I, I don't know if, if it was going to be any help. I mean, most of the students there were, were not citizens. They were, they were immigrants, so hmm. I don't know if their parents were voting, but I still found it very unethical. You know, they have, te- they have uh, schools where uh, teachers aren't government bureaucrats, you know. That's true, but, you know, they, they pay a lot less. Most of them are religious education, which I'm not for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do have tough. a few prospects uh, in, in the private community, but, I, I, you know, I prefer to make more money. Understood. Um, but instead, you know, my whole life, I have, my jobs have actually been in the computer field. I'm, I'm starting a business for uh, repairing and, uh, and building computers for people. And, you know, it's very uh, possible, and I think that's great, and it's a tough, by the way, business to uh, to get into because there's a lot of competition out there in, in computer repair and, and just think computer things in general. But uh, but I wish you good luck with that. But I'd like to point out that uh, the computing is an area where a lot of people need education. Uh, they're not necessarily kids, uh, but, right. you know, maybe some older people are interested in taking some classes about the Internet. Uh, I did a little bit of tutoring uh, for some uh, for some kids when I was younger as, as a teenager. It was one of my summer jobs was uh, giving, 
you know, I don't know, elementary school or early middle school kids or whatever, uh, get a little bit of basic Internet tutorials. And this was back in the, the 1990s when the Internet wasn't as big with kids as it is today, I guess. Uh, but th- there are opportunities to teach. Uh, Julia, for instance, my girlfriend, has been – she followed the same path as you. She was interested in uh, becoming a teacher, and lucky for her, she got uninterested before she actually started any serious college towards it and managed to save a lot of money that way. Uh, so I, I feel sorry that you've, you've paid into uh, the system if, if you did actually pay. Uh, but she's now you know, starting to come around to finding other ways to – I guess, bring teaching into her life without actually having to do it through the government school system. And it's not going to be something she's going to be able to make a whole lot of money off right off the bat. But down the line, I mean, anybody that's ready to get into a business should understand that whatever business you're getting into, whether it's computer repair or, or you know, tutoring, you're going to have some costs that you have to outlay up front. And it may be a while before it starts to become a profitable enterprise for you. And the same thing with with teaching. So I know she's talking about maybe doing uh, piano lessons for the kids uh, around town at some point when she's uh, when she's got a little bit more free time and a little bit more uh, money with which to begin a, a, a career like or not a career but begin an entrepreneurial activity like that. So you know, keep your opportunity, keep your eyes open, your ears open for opportunities sure. to uh, to continue on your path toward teaching within uh, the computer field. I would suggest. Yeah, well, you know, my plan actually was to offer some free computer seminars at, like, uh, retirement communities. And they're kind of, after the, after I gave them some computer skills, pitch my product, which is a computer that's designed for people that don't really know how to use computers, that don't want to deal with viruses or configuring or anything like that. Perfect. I think that's, uh, that's a great plan. Well done. Oh, thank you. Anything else on your mind you wanted to share? No, you guys are great. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Good luck with your pl- uh, with, with your uh, plot. I think it's always a good idea to uh, you know it's, it's a good system to give people something and then uh, and then pitch your product. That's kind of how we do it with Free Talk Live, and we give you the archives and we give you the website features for free, and then we ask you to become a Free Talk Live amplifier down the line. And some people do it. Not everybody, but enough. 1-800-259-9231. We continue here, although we can always use more. Amp.freetalklive.com. We go to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Paula. Hi. Hey. Boy, they're telling all about the New World Order on Jack Van Impey right now. And, and everybody's involved. Jack and who? And they said it's here. And uh, anyway, hey. they just said, Slow down. That Slow down. Whoa. Slow down. Who's Jack? Jack who? They're, they're telling about the whole thing, Illuminati and everything. But wait, what are you talking? I mean, what are you listening to? What are you watching? What the inspirational is this? channel, Jack Van Impey. The inspirational channel? Yeah. Is this a satellite t- uh, TV channel? No. Is it on cable? So it's, your regular, cable uh, it's regular TV. You got a ca- cable, you, too. You got cable? Okay. Yeah, it's channel 21. So the, it's so, everything. So it's one of those, uh, <laughs> it's one of those religious channels that it's, you know they're always asking for money from people. Channel. They've got like the 800 number down at the bottom of the screen. You can call in and give them money so they'll stop the New World yeah, Order. Yeah, they've got the whole thing on the New World Order. You, you can call and order it. You can order it? It's a book? Yeah. What is it? It's one eight eight eight. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. They can buy ads. Is it? Is it a book? Everything about me. Like a survival pack. The whole thing right now. What are they selling? And they said that Obama is primed to bring the new world order here. We're talking about all the countries and everything. How it's all come together. The Rothschilds. What are these people selling? Are they selling a book, a CD, a DVD? No, it's a CD. CD. Okay. Yeah. Does it come with a gas mask? Anyway, they just said too that it was in the newspapers. They said. 
that there's a bacteria out there. They don't know what this is. Mm. It's an HIV. It could spread all of the United States. There's another infection Uh-oh. in another country now. Oh, no. We better look out. Thud. Get your masks out. Fear, well, uncertainty, and Bible's doubt. Yeah, about. Paula, you know, yeah, let's address that with Paula here. Paula, you realize you're just spreading uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And, no, uh, you're... it's not. This is the Bible, hon. It's all coming <laughs> about. I I would contend that the Bible is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. I would agree with that. Well, yeah. I mean, we were told God, you know, told us it's going to happen. It's going to. I mean, He's in control. Okay. <laughs> I've been Have given up I on am, Paula. Oh, I'm absolutely not going to engage Paula on, on the Bible. No. You don't believe the Bible. I, I I believe that a lot of the Bible, a lot of the things the Bible says are, are good stuff. To sort of valuable stories, know, sort of like uh, hallmarks to live your life by. You know, treat people well and all that kind of good thing. But this, yeah. well, when you get remember, into the stories, it's a bunch God's of poppycock. Children, okay, and we're supposed to live by God's laws. I believe that we are all God's children, and I believe that God made His laws very clear, like gravity. Well, the thing is, when you go against His laws, you're going to be in trouble. Where am I going to go? <laughs> Wherever you're going to be standing in front of God Himself, and I mean, you're going to be judged and. Uh, I mean, you just don't go against Father God. That's all there is to he it. He will punish you I thought for he loved all everybody. eternity. I thought he was a loving God. He is, but he gives us laws to live by, and you go against them, and you're in trouble. Now, wait a minute, Paula. Isn't it true that it was men that wrote those laws down? God gave the laws to them. But how do you but know they it, got it really, right? It's not about the laws, Paula. It's about whether or not you accept Jesus Christ as your personal oh, Lord yeah. and Savior, isn't I, it? I'm from the house of David. I've got to. I, I understand. <laughs> I got the House of David thing. But so there really isn't a law. I mean, I could be a terrible, awful person and do all kinds of terrible things, but then at the very end, I can say, please, Jesus, forgive me. I'm sorry. Let me tell you something. Every time I've asked Father God for something, he does it. Just like a like bike? That, within minutes. <laughs> you get a wagon? I mean, I never have a problem. All I go to him is ask him to do something, and he does it. Just like that. I have a, bro- I mean, I, I, the, a couple of weeks ago, I, I broke the camshaft of my car. Do you think if I asked him to, to fix it, he would? You ask him to help you. Anything that you want, all you have to do is ask me, and you're I'll being, give it to you're you. You're being silly, Mark. No, now, look, I'm not Paula, being silly. Not, not you, Paula. Mark's being silly. Now, huh? uh, Paula, isn't it possible that the, the men that wrote the Bible got it wrong? Well, you know, he said that there were going to be people in the last days that were going to start thinking like this. You didn't and answer I my question. What, honey, I wouldn't isn't it possible me. they got it wrong? Paula, no. the Bible writers. Not possible? No. Thanks for the call. Seems like they're men. They're fallible. They can do things wrong. Why can't I claim that I'm the inspired word of God? And, uh, you know, then uh, what, would she believe me? I'm a man just like they were. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.